Welcome everyone to our episode 13, My Lucky Number, and this is going to be my episode. So in case you don't know me, my name is Danielle Toronto, and I am a channel, a channeled medium, and I also work with Angels of Abundance Oracle Cards. And this journey has been something really interesting for me. And I wanted to share a few stories on here for my Lucky 13 episode. Hey, Soul Family, I am Madison. And I'm Danielle, and we are the Ascended Sisters. This is a podcast full of love, light, and experiences with the divine beyond the veil. We are going to be answering your questions, bringing through channel messages, and delighting in all things spiritual. So grab your sage, grab your wand, and a cup of tea. Let's get to this. Hey, everyone. I am back. This is Danielle. This is my episode, and I'm really excited to be presenting this to you. My topic today that I wanted to speak to you about and share my stories about is my journey with channeling. And I also have to say, this episode title is going to be The Three Things That Have Changed My Life. And I would say in ways that I never thought were even possible, this life and these last few, especially months after the pandemic or through the pandemic, have really taken me on an incredible journey. And this journey absolutely includes Madison who I know is listening right now, who we all know and love. She has just been such an incredible partner with me on this beautiful journey, literally from day one. So I can't even begin to thank her enough for joining me again, because I know that we've talked about us being sisters, friends in past lives. I've had some beautiful meditations with her and have experienced her in some many serene past life experiences. And of course, fun. One of my favorites was us literally being sisters running through a field in this beautiful light and just having an incredible time. So either that is us actually being sisters in a past life or spiritually our souls being sisters and connecting again in a physical way that I was able to understand and process better at that time um, than I am now. So this goes out to Madison. This episode is dedicated to her. All right, so now I would like to talk about the three things that have changed my life. The first thing I want to talk about is my channeling. So I know that all of you maybe know a little bit about channeling, and it's really been an incredible experience for me recently to be coming through, I want to say, out of the closet of channeling and connecting with our souls, our oversouls. Even Oprah talks about the soul and oversoul and this big expanse of our consciousness that we are all tapping into more and more and more and more of every single day, time, experience that we have in a sublime and divine way. So for me, channeling and connecting with my unseen friend, as we like to call them, unseen friend, higher selves, I know Teresa Caputo calls them spirit. 
And I know that she is connecting. It's kind of like when you can see, you know, someone that does what you do and you can see and observe their technique and how they do what they do as well. When you get close enough in the skill to them, not that I'm anywhere near close enough to the incredible Teresa Caputo, um, who does such healing with her work and delivers such beautiful messages to loved ones um, who are from the non-physical, uh, you know, into the physical space here. Um, I can see her connection with her unseen friends, what she calls spirit, our higher selves as well. And then other people's souls, their oversoul, that bigger part of them that is infinite consciousness and wisdom and pure energetic love. So for me, channeling really allowed me to deeply and consciously connect with all of those things, with all of the non-physical beings that I connect with now, all of the departed friends and family um, of people that come to me looking for channel mediumship readings, all of the energetic beings that are out there, including who we call aliens, extraterrestrials, little green men. Not for me. I don't know. They were like gray and whatever, but <laughs> you know, it's channeling has allowed me to expand my consciousness, literally consciousness in a way that I never, ever, ever thought it has blown my mind so wide open to just be accepting and understanding and full of love for everyone's experience, everything's experience that everyone, and I know I've talked about this before, everyone's experience in their experience in their reality. And there's something really interesting to start considering the way other people, other beings, other life forms, other levels of consciousness experience their consciousness and their life, we'll call it, just to make it a little more grounded. So this channeling process has allowed me connect to connect with so many beings, including animals, including my animals and other people's animals, and just to be able to get it from their side. And so that this understanding, um, the reality, the way I used to see it is extremely different and is full of so much more understanding than I ever thought possible. So um, previously, I would say that I would used to, you know, take things personally or get tried not to take things personally, but get angry at certain people, feel like I wasn't being justified in what I was doing or being treated fairly. And there was a lot of self-blame and guilt um, and kind of like this Cinderella, woe is me story for myself. And I always thought that there was someone else out there or something out there that had to come and save me, that it was their responsibility and that I was just waiting. So part of the process that I was experiencing before January of 2021, this past year was this 
circle back into a reality that I knew I wanted to grow out of. I had just moved back into my parents' house, now with my husband, into my parents' house, into my childhood bedroom, into a place where I always told myself that I was destined for great things for myself. And that greatness did not mean that I was going to be stuck in a bedroom for the longest time where my family had always had me in a way just, you know, wait on them. I was always taking the role of the caretaker. I always needed to make sure that my mother felt better about herself. I always had to make sure that my dad was pleased with what I did. So I worked really hard to try and please them, to clean things up, to always keep everything as clean as possible for them, to always make sure that I was trying to make my mother happy, do as much as I could for her, for her happiness, for her joy. And through the channeling process and the channeling classes that I am still in with Sean Randall and her unseen friend, Tora, they allowed me to understand what my family's role is with myself. And most of all, to understand what my role was for myself, that my physical expression now was for me and that the reality that I'm creating for myself here is for me and that the experiences that I want to have are for myself. So that what I was seeking was the love and recognition from other people on the outside by doing things to please them. And through this process, I no longer needed to please them to receive the love that now I was giving to myself from the universe, from basically myself back to myself. I was giving the love. I was able to access. I was able to create, dare I say, a channel <laughs> through back to my soul to feed myself here in this physical reality. Let's let that sink in. So what channeling means to me is the channel, is the connection back to my soul for myself to experience and receive love here in my everyday life. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that sounds pretty great, don't you think? So besides channeling and connecting and doing crazy things like going into the ocean at 63 degrees and doing meditations and channeling and connecting with unseen friends and seeing mermaids in my meditations and experiencing unicorns and all of these incredible things. Channeling was about me getting the connection back to me and to the love that I deserve for myself. So let's move on to the second thing that has changed my life that I have to say was da, 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 my therapist. Let's talk about this. So before this January, 2021, 
January 1st, this new year. I was always ashamed of therapy. I was always really scared that I would learn something about myself that I didn't like and that I had deep shame about and therefore couldn't let go of. So basically, I just wanted to keep living my own lie, we can say. But in January of 2021, I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore, that I was strong enough to understand and learn things about myself in order to literally get out of my parents' bedroom and start creating and living, experiencing the life that I wanted for myself. And not like no matter what, like I would before, like I would just go out and do whatever I needed to do to feel better about myself, which just included a lot of alcohol, a lot of friends, a lot of just like, you know, bad things, escapist things, um, because I didn't want to deal with the things and the emotions that I was experiencing and the deep down, like, trauma and processing of those things, um, of those emotions that I didn't think I was strong enough to handle, even though I knew I was very strong to handle those things, you know? So with my therapist, so I did not tell anyone I was going to therapy. I bought myself a very expensive therapist and I have to say worth her weight in gold. Can't even tell you gold and tears (laughs) and then love for myself. And she taught me how also to gain back and access my recognition and my desires for my life and why that was important. Because what I learned from her was that your life is your life. And that if you don't live your life for yourself, that someone else will live it for you, will tell you what to do. And that's it. So it really was a learning process about how to take back my power and use my power to create what I wanted for myself, what I wanted my life to be as a 36-year-old adult. What did I want that to look like? Where did I want to live? How did I want to be living? Who did I want to be living with? What does that mean I needed to do? How can I take the steps to do what I needed to do? What does that then, what do those steps? So by steps, I mean, what I did was I decided that I wanted to get a full-time job that had benefits for myself so that I no longer needed to be employed by my father. And when I was no longer employed by my father, what that meant was that I took control back of my life and allowed him to have more control over his life. Because what I discovered in those therapy sessions was that by me not choosing to take the power back in my life, I was in a way entrapping him 
into his own entrapment, into his own, in a way, servitude towards me in continuing to work past any kind of reasonable time frame, age that he should be doing because he felt an obligation to me to keep working because I wasn't strong enough to go out on my own and get a job with healthcare and benefits for myself because I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be a professional musician. And as we all know, healthcare can be very expensive, very daunting if you are looking to get it on your own by yourself. And my husband does not have any kind of salaried position or benefits with his job. So it was really up to me to take the step forward and get that for myself. So I started applying to jobs that um, I knew would be interesting for me and would be something that I could learn from. So instead of it being just about the money, I reframed it for myself and my therapist helped me to reframe it as well that this life is about what you make of it. So for me, once I realized that, and I had done maybe about four or five months of therapy, and I was doing it twice a week because I knew that if I wanted to make big strides for myself, that I had to immerse myself in this. And this actually... This therapy and channeling came into conjunction with each other. So I was doing both. I started both relatively around the same time. And for me, I even, you know, I had some serious trust issues before with trusting people to help me do the right things and trusting them and having not, um, people not like take advantage of me and things like that. And I learned that those stories were the things that my family, those were my family stories, that they were afraid of those things. They believed that those things happened, just happened to them, that the experiences that they had weren't of their creation, even if they seemed negative, but even if they're so for me, I started to reframe all of those things. Anything negative that happened was a lesson. So starting to reframe all of the interactions that I had as what is this teaching me? What is the lesson that I am looking to learn here in this experience was really a breakthrough for me. And my therapist helped me understand that. The other thing that she helped me understand was how to communicate better. I was always really afraid, always of speaking up, feeling like I didn't know what to say. I wasn't communicating well enough. I was, you know, being dumb, um, things like that. And that whatever I would say would kind of come back to bite me and would eventually hurt me and take that love away, the love that I was looking for for myself. So my therapist understood how to explain to me how to communicate, especially with my family. So I had actually learned this previously, but I was never able to successfully do it because I needed that coach. I needed that therapist so that I could come back and give feedback to and get feedback from. So my therapist, um, 
you know, explained how to do this. So I'd like to explain this to you. So first it was this recognize. So um, speak and share what the other person is doing. Um, and then also, and then the next part would be to reframe it um, in a loving way. Because that other person, whatever they're saying that they are saying that, you know, like hurts you or annoys you, uh, is really about you and you're missing some kind of piece of love or understanding from them. And that's why it's deep down affecting your life. You're allowing it to affect your life. So this form of communication looks something like this. And I thought it was really awkward to practice, but I still did it. Um, I said, Hey, I know that, um, you want me to be safe. So this is an instance where my dad would like just stare at me. He would just like stare over me and watch me do things. And it made me feel uncomfortable. I didn't want him to do that anymore. So she helped me understand how to express what I needed to say to him without then like hurting him. That was the other thing that I didn't want to be standing up for myself and then hurting the other people in my life around me. Because then what I feared was just more retaliation back at me. So, uh, you know, I was standing in the kitchen chopping vegetables with my favorite knife from Japan that I got from Tokyo, the fish market. That's right. Super sharp, my favorite knife ever. And he was standing over me, just staring at me, watching me. So here's the strategy. Hey, Dad, I know that you are just trying to make sure that I am safe, but I am an adult and I know how to use a knife. I know that you love me and that you are just trying to protect me. And now you say your request. I no longer need you to be standing over me and making sure that I'm not hurting myself. I'm an adult and I can chop vegetables. That was it. It's things as simple as that in a way, but emotionally you have to be able to, and what I had to do was understand why he was standing over me. Why is he doing those things? Well, because in a way he wasn't trusting me to do anything for myself. And at that time, I had still a lot of growth processing to be done with my therapist. So I just wanted to share that. And I hope that gives you an insight onto why therapy is my second thing that changed my life. Now here's the third. And it probably won't surprise anyone. <laughs> It is, oh, I'm going to turn this down a little bit. It is that it is my music. Now, my music is the thing that has connected me, has given me the ability to focus, and has allowed me to understand how to reach people, how to enjoy life, to be in the flow of consciousness and love. And then take that same feeling of how we all feel with music that we love to listen to and 
turn it into basically the music of life so that I no longer just have to be playing music to be experiencing that joy and that love of life. That those same feelings that I had only when I played music now come to me at any time. So all of these three things, including my music, have created this perfect recipe for myself. This beautiful, mm, dare I say, dare I say, delicious recipe for myself that is something just really divinely created, really magical for me. Um, recently, I had, I think I had mentioned this before on a previous episode, that I had said to the universe, as Madison says, the universe is a to-do list for me. I gave a to-do to the universe. I said, universe, I want to be working with the top planners in the most beautiful places in the world with my music. And six weeks later, only six weeks, I have to say, pretty good. I got a message from one of my favorite, favorite planners to put together some music and play at the Versace Mansion in Miami Beach, Florida. Now, if you know nothing about the Versace Mansion, I think you should Google it because one of my favorite things about it is that it has, it's known for its million dollar pool. Why is it a million dollar pool? Well, let me fill you in. It has 24 karat gold tiles inside the mosaic pool. It is absolutely breathtaking. Now, that is not even the first part of it. It is full of Italian frescoes, just beauty beyond belief everywhere you turn. Every centimeter of this location is absolutely stunning and just brings so much pleasure to me when I look at it. So I couldn't believe it. I think I started crying even though I could believe it because the universe had delivered. The universe was like, okay, yeah, we're just going to check that off of our to-do list. What's next? And then I also gave the universe the to-do of finding me another event while I was down in Miami. So I took two days off of my full-time job at school and I flew down to Miami to play this gig. And a few days before the, one of my other favorite planners in the world, she calls me up because I was just threatening her. I was like, I'm just going to show up with my violin and I'm going to crash your party. I'm going to do it on Friday because this event at the Versace Mansion was on Thursday. And so I was texting her and then she calls me. I was like, hello. She's like, wait, are you serious about coming? She goes, can you find me a country band for Friday? And this was Tuesday. I was like, uh, yep, can we get off the phone? Okay, thanks, bye. So I, <laughs> so I call one of my favorite, favorite, favorite fiddle players. Um, and he had just been down in Florida with his parents um, for, you know, the past year uh, because of the pandemic and everything. And Florida still being, Florida being very open, lots of outdoors spaces to play music. So I called him and asked him to put a country band together. 
lo and behold, like four hours later, he's like, yep, got everyone. I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. So everything was, you know, it was Tuesday. This is Friday. So last minute. I didn't even realize I, I was packing. <laughs> I only knew to pack my cowboy boots like 30 minutes before I went to sleep that that night before the flight. It was unreal. Um, and I know we've talked about the acceleration of time in the last episode, so none of y'all should be surprised. Um, so I got on the plane, flew down to Miami, and didn't even know who these other musicians were or really what we were playing. So I played the incredible event at the Versace Mansion, haven't had a great time. You can see some of the videos on my Instagram if you would like. And then the next day I went to the farm in Miami. So I went to this farm in Miami and come to find out it is the planner's brother's uh, property. Beautiful, beautiful farm outside of Miami, about 45 minutes outside of South Beach. And I was just so happy to be back in a place that I resonated deeply with. So I love Miami because I know that my grandmother and grandfather have a deep history there. They used to drive down every, I think it was twice a year, every year from Connecticut to Miami and go on vacation. And at that time, uh, you know, before the 1964 um, Cuban embargo was, we were able to go to Cuba. So they would go to Cuba from Miami. Of course they would, it's 90 miles away. Easy peasy, right? Incredible place, by the way. I've also been to Cuba. How lucky am I? When I go to Miami, when I go to this place, I can feel my grandmother and all of the incredible things that are and all of the incredible people and the memories and the history for my family here in Miami. And during the pandemic, I really thought that I didn't know when I was going to be back. So this moment and opportunity because of my music, because of my music allowed me to experience one of my dreams to go back to this beautiful place that I love. So Friday comes around and, you know, I have all my gear, I have all my stuff with me and I go down to the event. It is absolutely stunning. Just envision creams, lots of papasan, lots of like light pinks, creams, whites, just everywhere. It's just a dream. Again, right? I gave the universe that to do. I want to work with the top planners in the most beautiful places. And then this is created for me. And I step into it again because of the connection with my music. One of my other musical goals is that I want to be singing. I want to be singing more and doing more singing. Because as much as I love the violin, there is something new and exciting and deeply resonant for me about vocals and about singing and about lyrics that I really connect with. So, you know, I had hired this band and I really thought that they were just going to be singing, playing, whatever. And the style that they were looking for was country. Eh, I don't really do country. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you know, everything, they'll take care of it. 
you know, they started playing some music and then the planner came over and she was like, um, do you have any, do you have like some Taylor Swift? Do you have any like, you know, wagon wheel or something? And I was like, okay, let me regroup. So I regrouped the band and some of them can, can sing a few songs. And then otherwise I was like, okay, I'm just going to get on this microphone. The DJ had an extra microphone for us. Thank goodness. And let me just start singing some tunes. You know, I've been warming up. I've been practicing my vocal, my breath support, my vocal support, you know, I can do this. So I got up there. I started singing some tunes and I had people coming up to me and saying that they really enjoyed my voice, that they really enjoyed my music. And I'm really just realizing this now that it doesn't matter what instrument I'm playing, what I'm, what my vehicle is. It's that the music is through me and through all of us also, that that resonance is the thing that they're resonating with. I think that's so interesting. I, I'm so glad I'm talking about this and sharing with this all with you right now, because it's a really beautiful connection that music is, um, you know, when, when, if you ever go into a church or you see, you know, little cherubs and the little angels playing instruments, that is absolutely real that music connects us with the divine. That's why the name of my company, goodness gracious, is called Divina Strings, Divina Artisti. It is no coincidence that I purposefully connected myself with divinity and the divine with music. These are all conscious creations, subconscious, unconscious creations for myself. And I think at this moment, they are all becoming conscious creations. I also say, I have to say that because of my music, because of my therapist, because of channeling, my business has completely changed. The way I handle my finances has completely changed, even though I know they're saying you still have work to do, which I know I still have work to do meaning there's more learning for me to do, which is super exciting. Ooh, maybe I should put that on my universe's to-do list. Yes. All right. We're going to put it out there right now. Universe. I want to be master of my finances. There we go. I want to be a master of my finances and I want to feel in control. I want to feel that control and that, let's see, pleasure when I look at my finances and understand that money is just a vehicle for more expression, for more of these things. It's kind of like the blossoms on the trees. Like, especially if you, for me, I think about it. For me, I think about money as this ultimate expression. So when I'm in alignment with myself, when I'm in my alignment with my music, when I'm in my alignment with my channeling, my higher self, you know, um, just feeling the love for myself, that money and abundance just flows to me. Now, that's not the problem. Part of the issue for me has always been this worthiness, this deserving of the money, and what does that mean? 
because previously I would always think that, you know, I needed to work really hard to get it. You know, I needed to, um, have given up a lot to have gotten a little. And now I know that that's not the way that it should be. That is for me, wrong thinking and right thinking the way that I really changed the way I was able to receive money quickly was to get back into that allowing, open, abundant, feeling good state. And when you feel good, everything just opens up. You're a channel for money. You're a channel for information. You're a channel for love. And it's just like a slide. It just comes right down to you. And it's something for me that I, as I also wanted to start building my legacy for myself and for others, that giving to others shows the universe that I have enough, that I haven't so much for myself. I have an abundance for myself to be able to give to others. And therefore I am responsible for that growth of expansion of consciousness and of abundance. So this giving away has always been in conjunction whenever I make a donation. So I love donating to Goodwill. I love because of their mission statement. They help people who are underemployed get more employment for themselves. And that is a huge, huge thing. They learn so much. They gain so many skills, life skills, job skills that really can change their life. I also donate to the Red Cross. When we have had our fire, the Red Cross was the organization that came over and gave us a little fire kit that allowed us to actually sleep in our apartment that very same night. So I donate to the Red Cross. It means a lot to me. Um, and then the other organizations that I donate to are music-related. So because that's really important to me, that is what I give back to. So I give to new artists, new string quartets, new classical music programs. And in the future, I've been toying with this um, instrument uh, on loan program for some people who right now cannot afford their own professional quality instrument. So that's something that I'd like to be giving back to um, and allowing music to have an impact on someone else's life the way that it has on mine. So those are my top three things. And I really hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. Listening to me blabber away. No, I absolutely love this opportunity to connect and speak with all of you. It has been a, as I said, a life changing, magical opportunity. And now the life that I have created for myself is something that I'm really proud of, that I know I deserve, that I am worthy of experiencing, and that I love every, well, almost, I'm still, I'm still human. 
every second of. And I can't thank all of the people in my life enough for teaching me and guiding me and being there to interact and be part of this beautiful life with me. There has been nothing more beautiful than sitting in meditation with John and Madison and all of the beautiful channeling um, friends that I had and still have that I am very connected to all of my unseen friends, all of my ancestors, all of the incredible musicians that I know. Oh my goodness. Our web and our connection are just so deep in so many, so many, so many ways, lifetimes interwoven upon interwoven. And it's just so magical for me to think of how we've all now come back in to this reality together in this different way. And sometimes for me, I like to think about and joke about what I'd like to be in my next life. And sometimes I like to say I'd like to be a Latin percussionist, Latin drummer in my, my next life, play all that salsa music, be around those dancers. My goodness, wouldn't that be fun? Anyway, everyone, I hope you had an incredible time listening. The next episode is going to be our dearest Madison, as her lucky number is number 14. So number 13 is significant to me because that is my birthday, January 13. And whenever I see 13 anywhere, I know that that is my connection and my angel numbers with, oh, and it's 301 right now. So there we go, 13 or 31, any kind of expression of that. And I know that my angels are looking down on me. Those are my angel numbers. I am deeply connected with those numbers. And the love that I receive when I see them is just mm -mm, so tasty good. Thank you everyone again, and we look forward to our next episode with you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode. We are so blessed to share this space and time with you. If you would like to book a session with Danielle and I, or both of us with Samantha and Athena, please head over to our Instagram at The Ascended Sisters. If you enjoyed today's episode, please head over to the review section and give us a five-star review. And make sure to subscribe so that you can grow with our soul family each and every episode. We strongly believe in the power of threes, so we want you to take one moment right now and share this episode with three of your closest friends and family. Until next time, love yourself as much as you are loved.